When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this week's episode, I'm joined by my regular co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. Are you guys ready to talk about cannibals, curses, and cabins? Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) The only thing that isn't uh, horrifying are my two co-hosts. Oh, Oh, jeez. What a gentleman. Uh I don't know. Long distance Uh, hug. Yeah, I'll show myself out. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little too sweet for the topic at hand. Yeah, Yeah. start over. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if you guys have been listening this month, you know that we've talked quite a bit about horror films to celebrate the impending Halloween holiday. And before we close the book on this year's spooky season, we have one more discussion for you guys, especially if you're looking for some last minute scary film suggestions. So for this episode, we're going to talk about our favorite standalone horror films. And what do we mean by that? Well, we're talking about the increasingly rare example of a horror film that's great and popular amongst fans, but isn't ruined by unnecessary sequels. If you know anything about horror and the genre in large, you know that studios love to replicate the success of the first film with at least one more sequel that is almost always terrible. But the films we're going to be talking about today are pure and don't have the stink of gross cash grab sequels. And folks, this is going to be a fun, maybe contentious discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But before we close out October with one more horror episode, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find favorite shows. Okay, so... Before we get to the discussion, I'm going to be honest with you guys. And by you guys, I mean the listeners, not my co-hosts, though I'm always honest with you guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, We absolutely love talking about these movies on the podcast and debating our opinions. But for me, the most fun part about this is when my co-hosts and I chat beforehand about which films we're going to choose. And most of the time, I couldn't be happier than to dive back into the films that are selected. But this episode, well, this is not your typical episode because I think all three of us can agree that we have strong opinions about each of these movies and a lot of these opinions aren't necessarily complimentary. Yeah. I've realized that we have very different tastes in horror films. Right. And, and that's what, that's what I was going to say is uh, the fun part about this podcast is that if we agreed on everything, this would be boring. It would sound like Mike and I raving about Dune for a half hour. Uh, But what an episode, huh? It was, it was. (laughs) Hey, I did just see it. I agree. Hey, welcome. Yes. Yes. Um, And, and on top of that, If you add horror films to the mix, which is one of the most subjective and debated genres, it gets even more dicey. So all that to say, we're going to talk about standalone horror films. And again, those are horror films that haven't had any sequels, which is a rarity. And we would argue don't need sequels because they're perfect just how they are. Would you agree that that's qualifying for the films you've chose? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, well, well. yes, but I, I, well, we'll get to it. Okay. Well, actually, Brian... 
in terms of order, I'd like to start with you because I Ooh. think your choice is pretty surprising and might actually be, be the film that the three of us won't yell at each other the most about. So, Brian, what did you choose and why? Yeah, well, I chose um, uh, The Red Balloon, um, which is <laughs> a terrifying story about a boy who uh, flies away on a bunch of balloons. It's very unsafe. Uh, no, not that. I chose the uh, 2009 Sam Raimi uh, modern classic, Drag Me to Hell. Um, the story of a woman um, who is cursed by uh, some sort of a raving lunatic gypsy lady who turns out to actually have a connection to uh, the world of Hades and over the course of the film is tortured in various ways and well let's just say it doesn't end well for her. So well, let's also say that we're going to talk spoilers for these movies, uh, just as a warning, because I think yes. we can't really fully discuss them without spoilers. So if you and haven't seen Drag do. Me to Hell, probably go see it. But it's been 11 years, 12 years. Yeah. So we're all like doing? five to 15 years old. So just yeah. get on it. Yeah, feels like only yesterday for me, boys. Oh, like only yesterday. <laughs> and I got to say, Drag Me to Hades is a terrible name for a movie. So yeah, they went the right way. Sucks, mm-hmm. Yes. OK, so, Brian, why do you like this movie so much? Oh, man. Well, as and I will discuss it as well when we get into one of the other uh, choices here. I just love Sam Raimi. Love, love, love Sam Raimi. And you've made after, this clear. This is the second month or second film this month you've chose by him. Yes. And in I, I think if I remember correctly, this was the first movie he made after uh, the Spider-Man uh, trilogy. Is that correct? It would I make sense. I think the third one was in 20, 2008. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. And um yeah, so seeing this, I, I, this was absolutely, I remember thinking as it immediately is unfolded, like this is, if he had the money for Evil Dead, like the, the, if he had Drag Me to Hell money when he made Evil Dead, this is the sort of movie uh, he would have made. It hit all the same beats. It had all of the same camera work um, that I love. The characters were you, slightly exaggerated, but also... <laughs> you know i don't know slightly okay slightly but i i don't know still there was enough down to earthness that that i thought it 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 worked in that sense um you know it it did hit all of the kind of familiar uh pseudo horror beats but then it just it leads up to this this ending that um that well it it i mean so you see again we can get into spoilers is that yeah, i mean the title is called drag me to hell Yes. So yeah, she gets at the end of the movie. What what happens? I will uh, backtrack a little bit here. But in the movie, uh, like I said, she is cursed by this woman. This woman did the main character works at a bank. Um, This woman comes in begging for a loan is denied the loan by this girl because the girl wants a promotion so badly um, and feels that, you know, she needs to be, you know, doing stuff like this. Uh, Well, she screwed over the wrong uh, old woman. Uh, She is cursed and is told that in a short time, she will be pulled down to hell. Uh, Finds out later in the film. Also a bad alternate title for this movie. Yes. Pulled down to hell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, you're right. Um, But later in the film, she discovers there might be a way to reverse this whole situation and stop it and possibly place the curse back on the woman who by this point has passed away. Um, she thinks she's pulled it off. And in the very last scene, oh no, she has not. And in the final scene, uh, as her boyfriend played by the 
uh, Oscar-winning Justin Long. Um, <laughs> he won that Oscar on. for Tusk, right? Great. Tusk, yeah, yes, it was Tusk. Right. It was no, I think it was Yoga Hosers. I don't know. Okay, um, but she is uh, gruesomely dragged down into hell by the skeleton arms as he watches on, and then boom, smash cut to the title. Movie's over. I love movies where it just does not work out well. This goes back <laughs> to Deep Impact, gentlemen. I remember watching Deep Impact. And yes, it does work out in the end, but there's a point in the movie where I remember turning to my friend, Austin Makros, and thinking, you know what? They've really tried everything here. I think the comet actually is going to destroy the planet Earth. It kind of did, but at the end, it, you know, obviously things worked out, but this is a great example of a movie where it, it doesn't work out for the main character. I just love movies like that. Um, and I'm going to say the same thing about, again, another pick that is coming up here shortly that <laughs> I love the movie, but it just, in the span of a minute at the very end, it just sealed the deal for me. I remember just almost clapping and keep in mind, gentlemen, I think I saw this either right before, or right after I saw, uh, Pixar's up. So <laughs> polar opposites. Oh, I was going to uh, say, is this kind of a, a, a sister film, like a yeah, spiritual successor? Really? Um, absolutely. <laughs> I got to say that I had, well, okay. First, I have a question for you, Brian. Yeah. Were you actually surprised by this ending? I mean, not a hundred percent. Because they kind of uh, really oversell it, right? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things too, where, um, you know, like the, I look at, I think about the poster for the film, which again is almost, you know, textbook evil dead. It's even the yeah. same like motif um, where you think it's going to happen. You want it to happen, but it, it's just a title, but I remember hoping thinking, and then at the end thinking, Oh, you know, it's, what's probably going to happen here is it's all worked out. And then it'll be like some final shot of like the old woman's corpse coming up or something. And then <laughs> again, shaking your fist at, at, you know her and oh get those kids <laughs> i thought it'd be something like that but not i i don't think i was quite prepared for it to actually unfold the way that it did what i wouldn't give for the ending to actually be i'll get those kids with a <laughs> like hand, hand scooby-doo <laughs> ending <Yeah>. yes <laughs> i gotta say before i throw it to mike because i know mike's gonna have thoughts yeah I, I have things to say yeah, yeah i watched this movie for the first time since i saw it probably in theaters i don't remember exactly seeing it for the first time but it was you know in 2009 when it came out um i gotta tell you it doesn't age well for me i Aww. i enjoy sam raimi stuff but i got i gotta say it gets kind of old and the reason i say that is i just watched because of of you uh brian i ended up watching army of darkness yeah. And you're reminded of the, the evil dead stuff, you know, the, the tropes that Sam Raimi, you know, admittedly he created these tropes, but still they're tropes. And, and this movie, it just feels like he's, it feels like somebody doing their best attempt at a Sam Raimi movie. Oh. Um, and, and that's what it's kind of a bummer for me. It, it, nothing that happens is shocking except for the ending, but even that, it, like I said, it's telegraphed a bit, but None of the, when, when you think something's going to jump out at you, something jumps out at you. When you, I mean, the old lady, let's be real, dude. She. Mrs. Has, Ganoush. Whatever her name is. <laughs> she's got what? Two inch long, gross, thick nails. Yeah. Her, dentures, her dentures are falling apart for some reason. Yes. And she just has one eye. She, she looks like a woman you don't want to fuck with. And that's where I lost it. I'm like, why is this woman? Or why is the the main character Chris Christine? I guess. Yeah. Why is she double crossing this lady? This lady looks like a straight out of a horror movie woman who's going to curse you and you're going to die. Look, look. This is just you know. 
I, I understand what you're saying. To me, it felt like Raimi just settling back after a, a long, you know, hiatus from this sort of film. Like we got the Spider-Mans, we had that for love of the game, um, which horrible film. Didn't he do Simple Plan? Didn't he yeah, also do he that? Did. I hated Simple Plan. Here really? he is hmm. back in uh, the, both the movie and the band. Um, and <laughs> but I don't think is, he can take uh, ownership of the band now. But this to me felt like him just like yeah, easing back into the into the armchair of of what he's good at. And I felt the same way when I saw you know just a little pivot here the uh, Ash versus Evil Dead series. Like this is what he's good at. Um, so I'm maybe Mike will speak to this as well, but I'm curious to see what he's going to bring to Dr. Strange Oof. quote unquote, Marvel's first horror film is there. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're there that Marvel's never going to make a true horror movie. Well, yeah, that's, that's yeah. beside the point. That's, I will say though, before we get to Mike, uh, I will, I will contact or give this context by saying that the movie drag me to hell currently is in 92% on Rotten Tomatoes ah. with like 260 <laughs> something reviews. So we Unfact. are all of our picks are at 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? No. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What? Very okay. different audience scores. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just to just to lay that out there, we're not picking terrible movies, but we do have thoughts. And with that, Mike. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I'll start with what I really liked about this movie. I do like the idea of it. I like the the like gypsy curse approach. And isn't that always... a bit played out though? Yeah, sure. But I mean, I, it, it's fun, you know. OK. And, and I like, you know, the uh, that it's like the high budget version version of what Sam Raimi never really got to do with a budget. Um, and I always like Justin Long. That's it. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, with that said, the lead actress, uh, what's her name? Allison Lohman, I think it is yeah. or something like yes. that. Uh, terrible. Just despicable, like annoys the shit out of me the whole movie um she does have the doe-eyedness that's kind of annoying yeah it's a wonder she never did much beyond this um sorry 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 uh let's see here yeah so that seance scene really encapsulates a lot of things that like the goat of it all like corny (laughs) dancing by the the possessed dude um (laughs) the awful cgi throughout the movie there's there's some a scene with a possessed handkerchief yep that is just terrible like what the (laughs) fuck is going on here people uh dead body wrestling match in the grave what the fuck (laughs) like so much cringy eye-rolling camp and i know camp is kind of his thing but yes i've really realized i don't like his thing when it comes to horror movies i don't like campy cheesy horror movies but see i think you don't like his thing period yeah, I mean, I like Spider-Man 2. Oh, okay. But that's, that's you know. I, <laughs> I didn't I gotta, mind a simple plan. <laughs> I got to agree with you, though. Uh, but you prefer the band, not the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. You love the band. I got to agree to you. I'm just a kid, guy. I got yeah, to agree with you that the <laughs> at some points in this movie, the gross out stuff crosses the line from not being scary and into funny. And it felt like a raunchy comedy. Like, it felt like I was yes. watching The Hangover. Um, particularly with the scene you mentioned in with the dead body in the, uh, well, I'll, I'll say two scenes, the dead body wrestling in the grave, which is completely bonkers and should have like a, uh, you know, Benny Hill music, like, (laughs) you know, and then, uh, the scene before that, when she goes to the funeral and like 
what does she do? Like trip and fall and, and, you know, it slams into the dead body or the coffin, yes. which flips the dead body on her and the dead body inexplicably vomits on her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, and everybody's just like, like, Oh boy, there she goes again. You know, and it's just, yeah. oh. and that was rough. Could really put the Benny Hill theme song over a lot of this movie. And I think yeah. it might, might be a little better, but I will say the ending is admittedly solid. That's, yeah. that's the part that sticks it. And I feel like it's reverse engineered from the ending. It's like, yeah. I have this really solid ending but let's make this campy cheese fest to, to get up to that. I feel like, I, th- I think Brian's right though. I think this is Sam Raimi coming off of what a decade almost of Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And being like, I, I got to do my thing. And this is the most Sam Raimi you can get. Like mm-hmm. he's got a bit of a budget. He's doing that same sort of like possession stuff. He's doing the, you know, what lurks around the corner shadows and weird voices and all that. But it's, it's just, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Uh, especially in like hindsight, the, the campiness in their horror. And this is absolutely that kind of movie for them. So, yeah. and, and Brian, this is your movie. It's yeah. It's not mine. It's when not I watched mine. it, I was like, I know why Brian loves this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he's per, and, and I get that I'm one of the minority because people love Raimi movies. I got to yeah, say one other same. thing that bothered me about this is, uh, you know, and this might just be me being a little too, you know, uh, on my high horse, but all the minority characters are mysterious and magical (laughs) it's like white woman enters all these like weird minority character situations and is like what are you guys doing they're like we know magic um it's that that's a bit much it was a little cringe but that one guy what's his name he's also an inception the the guy leap row yes Mm -hmm. it it really was like the the same character like i remember as soon as he showed up in inception like he's gonna be that same sort of helper guy you thought he was the same character in inception i, I had a, a weird feeling like hey, this might be connected i don't nolan know nolan probably watched drag me to hell and was like taking notes yeah yes, for inception here's Definitely. here's the other thing like i i i will put Raimi and uh pre ed wood tim burton in the same in the same category I yeah because like the the campiness like i remember reading something about beetlejuice that he wanted he wanted deliberately that the effects in that movie to look dreadful um and i feel like there is a certain part of that as well because by 2009 cg was you know in in a good spot so yeah he could have made the goat look less ridiculous and he didn't i mean even by the time like dark man came out like the the world of, of special effects was was doing pretty well and that movie by and large has some some bonkers special effects and here i feel like he he had some money but at the same time was like you know what let's just let's dirty this part up just a little bit and that's again like i much like he was settling back into things after especially after being you know the negative experience with spider-man 3 uh i felt the same thing settling back into the Sam Raimi that I fell in love with. So, and no, no need for a sequel. I will say I did read something somewhere about there's a scene that was either written or maybe even shot where Justin Long is being escorted (laughs) to like a gateway to hell and he's going to try to find his girlfriend. Oh God. I think he's being escorted by that dude. The, 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 what's it, what was his name again, Mike? The Delete Brow. Yeah. The same, the same guy from Inception. Yes. Yeah. So that I'm glad Raimi didn't think it existed part two. 
yeah with justin long that would have been uh that would have been a terrible terrible move or um, a great movie no 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 need there's no need for a sequel i don't want a sequel no um, no for sure this this any sequel would just take this and make more of it because there really isn't like enough world building or anything that lends itself to some more story um i i will uh, i will say about the cgi i don't i think you're giving Raimi a bit of credit I think what you see is a indie filmmaker at heart like a low budget horror guy who's given a little bit of money and is just doing good enough stuff right like Evil Dead's full of uh, great special effects for its money but just kind of like good enough and and he's not a guy who was probably like worried about state-of-the-art stuff he's like well yeah they get the point you know and and that's what this feels like it's not overly bad to where it's funny like the cgi isn't that bad but it's also just really obvious and and kind of annoying well it's very 2009 yeah my favorite part of this movie by the way (laughs) the the scariest thing is a fly goes in her nose and in her mouth which gave me like the shivers a little Mm -hmm. yeah yeah any last thoughts mike no i've said my piece okay (laughs) Uh, we all agree. No more of this. Let's hope Raimi uh, doesn't bring this much camp to, to Dr. Strange, but we'll, we'll talk oh, about God, that. That's please. a podcast for another day. Again, I find it, I just, as a, another pivot here, what's so bizarre about Raimi's career is he'll go from a movie like this to Oz, the great and powerful WTF. Mm-hmm. Another, this, guy's, yeah. this guy's career is really movie. worth a, worth a pod at some point. In the future. <laughs> we'll, we'll bag, definitely get bag, there. Bag, Probably. Bag. Probably early 2022. Well, now pushed to spring 2022. Uh, Mike, let's go to you. Uh, What is your choice? And uh, can you explain why you chose it? Yeah, mine's a little more crowd pleasery, I suppose, if that's a word. Um, You're already qualifying it. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and it does have a lot of inspiration from Sam Raimi movies, but none of the camp really, Um, which... Uh, obviously why I, I kind of lean towards it. Um, it's Cabin in the Woods, Drew yes. Goddard's first film, uh, also written by Joss Whedon, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> oh, and- you have to, though. There's so much reason exactly. on this. Yeah, yeah. I was just joking. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I chose it because I feel like it's kind of like a, a gift to horror film fans and, and rewards fans' knowledge of the genre but it still plays for the uninitiated if you don't get horror in jokes or like the metaphors that it's playing with as far as like the filmmaking metaphors. Um, but, you know, for the uninitiated, it's, it's kind of like an evil dead meets kind of a cabin fever Friday the 13th. And then it has scream metaness like all over it. Um, and then uh, like a million nods to other movies that have come before. So it starts out with the, you know, the, the trope of five friends, going to uh, a cabin in the woods. One's a jock. One's like the, the woo girl slutty character. One's a virgin. One's a stoner. One's the quote unquote smart guy just because he wears glasses and is remarkably good looking. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I noticed they, that too. Yeah. And they all go to a remote cabin in the woods, like I said, for the weekend. And as in many horror films, madness and blood uh, ensue. Um, but it plays with you know, the audience's questions about, you know, horror movies and why people throw their hands up at horror movies. Like, why is there always a virgin? Why is there always a jock and a stoner and a slutty one? Why do they need to die in a particular way or order? And it kind of gives a fun lore to it. Um, And then, 
you know, it gives you those traditionally one-dimensional characters and fleshes them out in ways that you don't traditionally see in horror movies. So it kind of plays with it in that way. You see that the Jack isn't really just a Jack. You see the Virgin isn't actually a Virgin, so on and so forth. And, uh, oh, by the way, the casting is mm. outstanding. It's pre yes. Thor Hemsworth, Richard Jenkins, Bradley Whitford, Sigourney Weaver, Frank Kranz, all these people just, in my view, killing it in this movie. Uh, even Hemsworth, you can see the charisma like oozing off him just in this movie. Um, and then, you know, there's also that. I got giant... shades of National Lampoon's Vacation. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and he's the only good part about that movie. I'm saying it, I'm saying it. <laughs> oh. um, but there's also the giant metaphor about horror films itself that the movie is, which, you know, uh, filmmakers and audiences you know, uh, so like the audience is the old gods that are no, no longer satisfied with the simple plots. Jenkins and Whitford are are like the filmmakers who need to appease those gods and, you know, will bet on what will work and, and make the most money. And the characters in the cabin are just, you know, the movie itself. They're, they're, they're actors with literally zero agency. And, you know, that's, it's a fun little play on horror filmmaking from, you know, Drew and Joss's perspective, which, Obviously, that's that's they're kind of like the Jenkins and Whitford of it. And um, yeah, I, I think it's just it's funny, but it's also like it does have some genuine scares, which was why it kind of tips into horror. But it's it's almost equal parts comedy. Um, it's tightly constructed. There's not really a lot of fat as far as unnecessary scenes go, at least for me. Um, and then, you know, as far as Drew Goddard's, it's, it's his first time directing. So it's really impressive as far as a first time outing goes. And um, unlike a lot of the movies, it references the ending is about as definitive as you get. As Brian said, there's there's no need for a sequel here. The the God's hand comes out of the ground and smites everybody. Love Um, it. Do you? (laughs) Yes. And even like there's there's like a story of like they did preview screenings and Drew Goddard was asking uh, the question or, or or getting questions fielded at him and one of the audience's mem- audience members first questions was will there be a sequel and he's like have you seen the ending to the movie <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was decided pretty much back then okay. um but yeah as far as dislikes i know there's the joss whedon of it all oh which, wait 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 yes. i don't want you to sit there and try to undercut us by by getting into that no but i i do have some things to mention like okay. i understand that the the cg has not aged well just okay. because you know it was a cheap horror film of the day and uh like I, I mean it's 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 fun it's it's a fun horror movie about horror movies for horror fans um and and i think it's enjoyable enough on its own to not really you know you don't really need those in jokes and and fun fact heather langenkamp of uh nightmare on elm street fame was one of the uh makeup effects people because her, her and her husband are I did not know this. That's interesting. Cool. So, so Brian, uh, you seem to be uh, enjoying this movie or have enjoyed this movie. So why don't you tell us what you think? Oh yeah. I like it. This one completely lived up to the trailer. I went into it thinking this, this looks like, looks like fun. And um, yeah, it completely met my expectations, but then it just, it just unfolded in ways I can't describe. Like, it goes from this thing of, oh, I see. It's kind of, yeah, poking a bit of fun at the uh, horror movie uh, tropes. Yeah, there's the Sam Raimi Evil Dead of it all and the, the characters. And 
stereotypes in that area. But then we see what's really going on behind the scenes. And then we eventually lead into this bananas scene where, <laughs> where we go from the cabin to this, the facility that's, you know, controlling all this where yeah jenkins and whitford are and and something happens there that i don't even know if i should describe it or mike should describe it but it is is it the um, merman are you talking about the merman i'm talking about everything (laughs) just the chaos it's the chaos it's it it, it's truly a wonderful scene and then and then yeah that ending where that the hand coming up i remember feeling the same way as i felt at the end of of good old uh uh drag me to hell that this is perfect absolutely perfect and i I did watch it recently, but I forgot Sigourney Weaver, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver. She shows up. Um, yeah. The acting is great. Uh, I prefer Hemsworth with short hair. Do you guys? I do. <laughs> I do. It's I great. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Less, the fewer wigs, the better, I say. The, the movie fewer just bleached has... eyebrows, the better. Yeah. Yes. It, it just flows super, super well. And I will... Um, and I'm not just saying this because it's Whedon. I give all the credit to the cast. They've just, they drive this film. Even the small characters uh, in that facility I mentioned, like everybody is, is clearly working very hard. So mm. yeah, I, I had a great time with this. I've only seen it a few times and I think I want to keep it that way. I always want to go in somewhat fresh when I watch well, it. So um, I, so yeah, I think we talked about this before, but I really don't enjoy horror comedy all that much it takes a very like a uh, adept hand to to really make it work for me Sean is an example comedy? of a Shaun of the Dead okay yeah, yeah Shaun, of, Shaun of the Dead is kind of like my my benchmark for good horror comedy and and this one this goes too far in the comedy for me mm. um, it starts with jokes and I know that the script is uh is co-written by Whedon and Goddard but this is very much Whedon uh, all the way through with the little quips at the end of uh, where like people are too smart and too clever for their own good, you know, and mm-hmm. it just it, it so I get that, which I've never really enjoyed. Uh, and my problem with deconstructions and, and horror like satire is those are all well and good, but you have to bring me something new. Otherwise, the you're saying you, this doesn't bring anything. Well, no, new? no. All it brings <laughs> is the the final. OK, so, yes, it explains the tropes, right? It gives backstory and stuff to why they make dumb decisions and why they're redneck zombies and, you know, all that. That's fine. But it then goes and gives you exactly what you expect, which is people making dumb decisions, redneck zombies attacking them, breaking jump scares, stuff like that. It doesn't invert it enough or subvert it, I should say. To where I'm genuinely surprised. The only time you're surprised is in that third act when the shit hits the fan and you get kind of this like orgasm of horror where it's just, you know, there's a a fake pinhead and there's a dragon zombie or dragon demon thing and you know there's a ghost and there's a witch and a werewolf and and it's so much it's it's overwhelming and that's fun, but it's like it feels like a different movie. It suddenly turns into like uh this version's or this movie's version of like aliens where it's like grab a gun, shoot the fuck out of people and, you know, move to the next room. And and that's all well and good. But again, that first hour though, when you're at the cabin, when you're dealing with it, it's just kind of like watching a movie with a director's commentary where it just takes the scariness out of it where you're like, Oh, well, this is all a joke. 
this is not fun because I know that they're just getting suckered into the same scares I've always seen. And yes, it's a commentary and a metaphor and all that, but I've seen this type of thing done better with like your next, which is a movie that takes like home invasion thrillers and flips it on its head. And, you know, is I think much more clever. Um, So yeah, that's my problem fundamentally with this movie. That said, uh, it is tightly constructed. It's only like an hour and 30 minutes, which is, you know, bravo for any horror movie that's only 90 minutes. Chris Hemsworth's death in this movie yeah. is one for the ages. Yeah. Um, even uh, I remember laughing out loud watching it the first time. And then I laughed out loud again. It got me with the whole like, you know, he's like, it's on his motorcycle because he's the hunky jock. He's like, I'm going to get the army. We're going to fuck shit up. Just you wait. And then his nerdy guys like, you know, don't hold back. He's like, I'm not gonna. And then wham. <laughs> it's so good. It's so well set up. This is the sort of movie that that just it does make you want more. Not so much this this like premise or like this this movie. I like Kevin in the Woods too. Like I want to see what was happening elsewhere in the world. Like they showed yeah. mm-hmm. the different rituals that are happening around the world. Like I wanted to see that classroom and like where was it Japan or something where they're yeah, like Kyoto, um, Japan. Yeah, like I want to see those movies even in like a show. <laughs> but you saw them. I, well, like I, we've I seen them. Thing I I, yeah. I know, but it, that. I don't know. It's the just Japan it's, one is the last one I want to see. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, you it's know, just, I wanted. Yeah, the, that's probably the weakest one, but but still. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's the problem with this movie is we've seen the movie that they're trying to to lampoon, and I, lampoon's maybe not the right word. Uh, you know, satirize. But when you when you just give it to us straight and then wait like an hour of that and then wait until the end to to subvert our expectations, it it dragged a bit for me. Um, I will say though, the ending is fun. Because I, I do like the idea of like what Brian said, bad things happening at the end and kind of nowhere else to go and just people throwing their hands up in the air saying, well, fuck, that's it. Mm-hmm. But uh, and the smash cut. But they, they tried to throw in that little ham fisted lesson about humanity at the end that felt a little <laughs> just kind of like, OK, guys, you like, all right, that's that's OK. We don't need this like lecture about humanity. <sighs> See, I after- thought it was so appropriate. Like I, I like in a way of like, let's just. You know, was it a hundred percent necessary? Maybe not, but it's still like I don't think it it wasn't welcome at the table. Like it 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 was yeah. fine. And that guy, what else has that guy been in? He's What's been in a lot of stuff. Guy, which has guy? he? Friends, the, Kranz. Oh yeah, at the very yeah. end. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not super. He's a with he's that. in a couple of Whedon things. Yeah, Is he? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I gotta say also the uh, his character is probably the most entertaining and it's a hundred percent due to his performance. The yeah. writing for him is atrocious. Apparently it, it, he couldn't take, he had to wear like super baggy clothes and couldn't take it off at the, the lake scene because he was more buff than everyone there. That's funny. But uh, <laughs> well, no, but like it, it, I'm not somebody who does drugs. Just going to yes, point that yeah. out there. That uh, was a working bong by the way. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. It felt like me writing a guy who smokes weed. Uh, it felt like well, a guy who's never supposed to be weed. he was supposed to be a stereotype they're all supposed to be stereotypes right but it just it felt kind of i don't know unnecessary i liked what they were doing with everybody else you know where like chris hemsworth's like making silly jokes about you know being a jock and throwing a football but yet he knows like economic stuff and philosophy stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that was cool but but then to just make him just a straight up stoner just like meh. yeah 
Okay. And and also the the lead actress I put up there with Alison Lohman, just not good. <laughs> um, her her doe eyedness again, just like come on, man. But that's fair. She worked for me, but that's okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, one other issue I had with this is uh, the the Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins characters. They feel a bit too much like joss whedon speaking through characters mm. like if you've ever seen like interviews mm. with him he's kind of that snarky but clever guy and that's fine he, he you know whatever more power to him uh but he it just feels like that and so i'm just watching this like eh, eh, i'm I kind know. of annoyed I, by I, them i'm watching bradley whitford and richard jenkins just kill it but okay Fair i enough. love it but and also the the cutaway where everybody's kind of getting the party started and it cuts back to them like dancing in the control room just kills me every time. I love yeah. it. Oof. Oof. I agree. <laughs> Here's what I'll say, just to, to kind of put a bow on the end of uh, my thoughts here. What this episode has taught me with you guys is that we have very different ideas of what quality oh, yeah. horror is yeah absolutely because <laughs> oh, yeah. i'm watching these movies and i'm like i know and i get like i know why people enjoy these movies they're super uh especially these two in particular are super audience friendly like you watch this in a big crowd you're gonna have a blast um but yeah it just it didn't work for me yep that's okay I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it over and over again yeah well sure you go right ahead <laughs> I'm just bummed that I had to pay to rent these movies, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I was not, I almost peacocked for this one, but I decided against it. I'd rather you pay probably my paid four as bucks. much for the rental. <laughs> yeah. Well, I paid four bucks to, to avoid signing up for Peacock. Yeah. Four ninety nine to to sign up for Peacock. Well, I'm sure I could have gotten a free trial or some shit too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I did not even, not even four bucks is enough to, to get me to uh, Peacock. Hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So uh, with those out of the way, let's get to the good movie. Um, oh, <laughs> so sure. We're going to talk about my film because here's, here's what I think. Uh, here's why I picked this one last. I think this is the most polarizing amongst the three of us um, because I didn't realize that you guys hadn't seen this. And uh, that makes it even more fun because I chose raw the 2016 directorial debut from filmmaker Julia Ducournau. She's a French filmmaker who uh, has a brand new movie, Titan, um, which yeah. is on VOD right now. And if you like Raw, then you should go see that too. Um, but yeah, so this is a film I really enjoy, obviously, because I chose it. And I think it was new to my coast, which I found out. Um, but for those that don't know, Raw is a coming-of-age horror drama that follows the story of a young college girl that begins her studies at a rowdy veterinarian school. And while there, she begins to develop a hunger for human flesh. Uh, I absolutely adore this movie. I think it's really well acted, very well directed, and really original. I know you guys have thoughts about this film, and I admit that it's not a typical horror film. Um, it doesn't have jump scares. It doesn't have monsters lurking around the corner. But this is a horror film about growing up, not fitting in, discovering parts of yourself you never knew existed. And yes, it's about the overwhelming desire to consume human flesh. So. <laughs> Before I defend this movie, I'm going to start with Mike because, uh, oh, you I want know, me to, to shit on it before before well, you? I don't it. here here. I don't know Brian's thoughts. Again, pulling no. back the curtain, we talk about these movies a little beforehand. And uh, when Mike was watching Raw, uh, he basically <laughs> said, "This is fucking crazy. Why mm -hmm. do people like this?" So, Mike, uh, explain your thoughts in a bit more detail. Yeah. So, I'm I'm a person who who judges 
uh, a lot of different genres of film based on rewatchability and watching a movie that seeks to discomfort and disgust as much as this one does is like, you'd have to be crazy to want to experience this again. And um, I, I like a lot of things that she does. I think Julia is very talented um, and clearly knows what she's doing as far as setting up, uh, you know, uh, an audience to experience certain emotions in the way that she does. She's extremely skilled, but her style is just not for me. Um, it's extremely intentional and precise, but it's violently uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. I, I like things about this. I like the, the, the new angle on the female coming of age tale with, you know, uh, reflections on, you know, the pressures women face or female sexuality or repression or like the, the parts that it talks about human versus animal instincts or just inherited behavior, or most importantly, in my opinion, how all vegetarians are repressed liars. Um, (laughs) but I don't know, there's just something that's inherently kind of, uh, discomforting and a bit pretentious for me for this one. Um, I don't like super gross out horror films that seek to make an audience as com- as uncomfortable as possible. So if it's, uh, I, I don't know, it just comes across confrontational and I know it's not intended that way, but I just, it's just so uncomfortable and not something I really want to experience again. Um, and I saw funnily enough, funnily enough, I saw Titan before I saw raw. Yeah. So I knew like this to the 10th degree, I will say Titan is so much more uncomfortable. And <laughs> it's just so over the top. Um, but yeah, I, I super respect her as a filmmaker because she's really talented. Yeah. She won I the Palm door for, yeah, for I can't, Titan. I can't get on board with what kind of uh, film she likes to make. I, I would, I would argue that uh, you said that this is confrontational, uh, and it is, but I think it's on purpose confrontational. I think she's trying to shove those things that you were talking about, the, the metaphors about sexuality and, and yeah. female repression. And that's where the French pretentious stuff comes from. I don't think it's pretentious at all. I think, I think this is, you know, her saying like, you guys, we don't get to see this much. So I'm just going to make it as bold as possible. And I think it's, it's great. Okay, Brian, uh, what are your thoughts? Which I don't know. I'm going to assume you didn't enjoy it. I... No, did not enjoy it. Um, I I had a flashback to seeing a movie uh, again in high school. We're going back to high school again called Ravenous um, with Guy uh, Pierce. Yeah. And um, I think, I think Mike, you mentioned the metaphors. I think there were some in that movie too, but overall those metaphors are buried under a, just a pile of crap. It's a terrible movie, everybody. Ravenous <laughs> is a, terrible movie the poster is really frightening too in a in not a scary way at all like how bad it is but yeah this one i can always and i've said this before i can always always appreciate when clearly a movie is is made well not in the sense that this is you know the the quality within the movie is great but that everybody involved with the film knew what they were doing. This is a great example of that. Uh, yeah. Again, you, you, what did you say, Mike, that this just felt like it's just seeking to just make people uncomfortable. Like that's absolutely what, what I felt watching this. I will also say too, I did, 
because I asked Mike uh, beforehand, like, what am I in for with this? And he wouldn't tell me. <laughs> no, nope. so I did. I did skim through not the whole thing, but some of the the um, the the plot line on Wikipedia, um, which still didn't, you know, fully prepare me for what I was in for, but did kind of set the stage a little bit. Um, I almost want to turn oh, on Titan and just have have a seat yeah. facing both of you. Oh, my, my just ear to ear grin and <laughs> Brian hiding his eyes. Yeah. Yes. There's so yes. much of it. They're, they're just, I, that's, this movie is, is my limit, I think. Um, yeah. I, I, and I don't even know like what would be next on the, the next rung below it. I have no idea. Um, but this below one, it as in hardcore below or like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. movies for you, buddy. Like, Oh God. And then um, this is, this but is like a family say, film compared to some of the shit I've watched. This was a tough set. <laughs> I will say of all the movies we've picked, all have these big endings where it's yeah. just like, boom. Yeah, which is funny. Is another yeah. one of those. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I didn't have a great time watching it. But again, I can I can still uh, appreciate the filmmaking, uh, I don't know, ability or something. I, does it make me? Or something. <laughs> and, and now knowing what I know about Titan, like, so I almost was going to say like, well, I can't wait to see what, what's next for this director. And I guess if it's Titan, then I'm not that excited. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's something else, man. So, so here's my thing. I, I know, I know, uh, I just prefaced all of this by saying that we have very different tastes in horror movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love nothing more than a horror movie that creeps under my skin and just sits there and makes me uncomfortable and makes me horrified. Mm -hmm. and and thinking about it after right hereditary is probably the most recent example. yeah i was gonna say the the example of those Mm -hmm. that i like are are like the ari aster movies yeah hereditary is one like that but there are a bunch and and there are a bunch of french movies actually believe it or not that are very similar in that um and and some that go much much further uh this is relatively tame compared to a lot of uh you know french horror that's come out in the past 15 years that said, I do understand that it is very uh, slow burn, and that's going to turn people off a little bit. It is uh, there isn't a big sort of like ending thing where it's like, oh my oh, god, it's a pretty big ending. It's a big ending, but it's not it's not big as in scale. It's in very emotional to the the rest of the movie. I'd yeah, say it's a pretty yeah. It, it's basically like watching a John Hughes movie for about forty five minutes. And no. then watching a Romero movie for the, the last 45 minutes. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's wild. It's for sure wild. But I, I just, I think the performances are great. I think the story is uh, super, super tight and well-told. Um, there are moments where you think it's going one way, um, particularly with the relationship between the sisters. You think like, oh, they're going to just, you know, get along really well. And, and it, you know, it, it subverts your expectations there um let alone the the relationship with the parents but it's yeah it's an uncomfortable movie and it pushes some uncomfortable images in your face and it makes you experience some things that you don't want to and you feel maybe even bad about uh i'm thinking particularly there's a scene where there's like camera phone footage of an event that happens the night before and it's terrible what is going on but also kind of heartbreaking um and and yeah, I 
I can't recommend this movie enough. <laughs> I really can't. I don't know that it's for everybody. I'm not going to show this to my mom. Um, you know, I'm not going to show this to anybody who's too young. I think, obviously, I think you need to have experienced college and and that part of life to really fully understand and, and uh, feel for this girl and what she goes through. But uh, yeah, it's it's maybe not a good family dinner movie. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy Here's- it. Here's the question. This, this story and these ideas, could they have been told differently? Do we sure. really need, like how, like how, what, how could we have done this differently? And then would that movie even need to have been made in the first place? Like when we strip away all the, all the surface level, you know, craziness of this film, is there still a movie there with a story that needs to be told? Yeah. Yeah. I think this so- is a, a movie about a young girl experiencing her adult well not adolescence her coming of age you know this is a story that if given to hollywood would look more like a Raimi movie or you know a drew goddard movie right like it would have a little bit bigger budget <laughs> she would have been you know like eating the hell out of people um you know would there would much have, more fun to watch yeah it would have been it would have been funny you know there mm-hmm. would have been jokes about like what'd you have for dinner oh the other white meat shit like that right yeah, this one is, is is a lot of things. It is not funny. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. This that's what I'm saying. So yes, it, that movie I don't want to see. I have zero interest in. But this movie clearly has something on its mind, and it's not like I want to give you a gross out horror movie about cannibals. This is I want to also I want to show you a girl going through things that most people that age in their late teens, early twenties experience. Female uh, experience obviously being a little different. And then on top of that, there's also this horror element, um, which just brings the the metaphor home in a gruesome way. Okay. It's not okay. even, the thing is, it's not even like scary horror. It's like discomfort. Like, yeah. I, I want you to squirm. I don't want you to be scared. I want you to squirm. Right. I don't, I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it. Okay. If this movie had told the same story, but these this the gore and the uncomfortableness had been had been compressed into maybe like a i don't a, a short little segment in the film i probably would have appreciated it way more that's why i love fire in the sky that's why i love fire in the sky it has it, the movie is you know it tells a very simple story with a few minutes of absolute terror um the spacecraft scene even like kill bill not a horror movie but i love that anime sequence um I also don't love Kill Bill, but I love that little scene. That's why I'm saying wow. that a movie like you're, this. You're like pointing out the only sequence I don't love. <laughs> oh, I love. I, that's the only instance where I feel that that anime style works. Not an so, anime. Film. So here, Brian, I will. I will argue that. Just a question the, about anime. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm not going to talk about anime, but I will. I will say to you that when you really think about it, if you boil down all the horror elements of this movie. It is the screen time is probably less than three minutes. Oh, uh, they are just so uncomfortable. The scenes are so uh, disgusting in some senses. I'm thinking about the finger scene mm-hmm. that it, it, Jesus, it Jesus. sticks with you. So I think if there was more of it, it would have been almost unbearable. And if there's any less of it, it wouldn't have been this movie because it wouldn't have, it would have just been a coming of age movie. There isn't a lot of horror in this, in that sense, there isn't a lot of gore. Uh, and a lot of it actually is off screen, uh, particularly the ending. Uh, you don't get to see what led up to the finale. You just have to experience it much like the character does. And in that sense, I think, you know, 
it, it's a pretty good uh, show of reservation and, and confidence that she didn't have to go that extra mile. It's just not the sort of movie that mm. I'll, I'll revisit. Again, this is not the movie I'm going to unwind with. No, 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 no. This is not no. the sort of movie I'm going to unwind with probably ever again. I mean, it's, it's not even one of those movies that like you have that one-time experience and it was so wonderful and that's all you need. You, you know, it, it wasn't that at all. And I still don't need it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's perfectly valid. I think Brian or uh, Mike and I have had this discussion before. I, I have gone on record, uh, maybe not on the podcast, but what's just in discussions with you guys. I've, I enjoy movies that make me feel one way or another, no matter how I got there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, documentaries like Dear Zachary, um, mm-hmm. movies like Raw, hereditary movies that make me deeply unsettled and and sad even and emotional for bad emotions uh i still respect the hell out of that and i and i enjoy that more so than a movie that i watch and i feel nothing which would be like the biggest complaint i have against cabin in the woods i just i didn't feel anything and so yeah i enjoy movies that make me happy i enjoy movies that make me sad i enjoy the movies make me mad and i'm sounding like dr seuss um (laughs) but yeah that's what i to me that's what i i go watch movies for is that and i i get that like the respect element i totally get i just wish that along with that could come an element of i'll watch this again at some point i'll come back to this again Mm -hmm. and i just didn't feel that here it's you know this i mean i have watched this movie multiple times i watched it uh when it came out and i watched it you know, last night uh, in preparation for this. So, you know, I, I think it's great. When it, when it came out, did you know you were what you oh, were yeah. walking into? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is oh. a movie that when it hit the festival scene, got a lot of raves. Um, it still does. And it, it, it quickly went down as kind of like a modern um, slow burn horror masterpiece. Yeah. People like ran out and fainted in the screenings, right? Yeah. Like it's 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 one that um, much like Titan has, it's already, yes. you know, it's gotten that that sort of like buzz that's that's really good um, for trying to market a movie, but it's also not a crowd pleasing movie. It's a crowd disgusting movie, if such mm, a thing no. exists. I will say so, this about Teton, uh, Brian, if it gets you to watch it. There are a lot of really technically impressive and visually impressive shots oh. in the in the film that are okay. worth watching. It's just the things that makes you you go through is it's uh, it's something else. Well, and, and now we'll I know I know your guys' limit. So when we recommend more movies and I force you guys to watch things, I know that, okay, I got to gotta tame it down a little bit. Yeah. So I don't ruin your week. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't ruin our week. <laughs> I just, I've lost patience for super downer or, or things that may, are, are intentionally uncomfortable. I just, I've yeah. lost patience for it. What's the last movie you watched that you enjoyed that still made you feel that way? I'd have to think on it. I honestly don't remember. Wow. Did you enjoy Hereditary? Yes, very much. Okay. I almost I don't picked think that, that movie, made me feel, that was too obvious. feel bad. Okay. Still has one so of those. Had, I think that had more horror element for me to, to kind of grasp onto. Okay. And, yeah. and that's what made me okay with it. Fair enough. And Brian, I assume you're kind of similar. You, you like to enjoy and laugh and clap at movies. Absolutely. And I actually yeah. am now, just now looking at a picture of what an artist's rendering of what the ancient ones <laughs> from Cabin in the Woods would look like. <laughs> Pretty neat. There's some good, there's some talented artists uh, out there. Okay. Brian Farber. On the web. One thing about Cabin in the Woods and that, that hand at the end, it needed to be more uh, weird and monstrous, right? 
I mean, nah. it just looks like a dude's uh, hand. Yeah, that, that I think that made it even more sinister. Like, really, you know, if it looked like just a typical demon hand, like, well, you expect that, but this, I, I don't know. Maybe the rest of the body was, you know, one might say that's Charles looking. Barfield's hand coming up at the end. Oh. Just saying, nope. <laughs> Not I'm putting me. you guys out of your misery. So we're ending this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Uh, I, I think it's time to wrap up. But before we wrap up, I want to remind you guys that this is our unofficial anniversary of hosting the Playlist Podcast. Hey. It's been a year. Uh, started the horror. We're continuing the horror. But I want to thank you guys for not getting sick of doing this with me after dozens of episodes, because that in itself is an accomplishment. Highlight of my week. Going to go crack a beer and watch some Craft Legacy. Right after this. <laughs> um, was yeah. that the first episode that we talked about craft, craft legacy? legacy yeah mm. and the Fun other stuff. films i still can't remember oh what were they spell what were they? and spell. um yeah. the slow burn horror again that i you know made you guys watch that you guys yeah. didn't enjoy kindred no Kin- I don't yeah it was kindred. Yeah, it was kindred yes yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh but for next episode um well it's going to be non-horror related, but as a tease, I think Mike and I can agree the subject is uh, pretty scary because we're talking about Eternals. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Uh, when you guys hear this, Eternals hasn't come out yet. Um, we've seen it. We's got thoughts. It's going to be a fun episode. We'll just see Mike on. saying that because he's just, you know, in such ecstasy over how yep. wonderful. Yes, that's it. it. I just came. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so <laughs> more of that next time. So uh, enjoy, everybody. Uh,